Hello and welcome to IdeaGen TV, powered by Azure and presented globally by Microsoft. Today, we have Sherry Hashemi, the integrated product team lead at Boeing, with an incredible power chat on how did you not quit? Hello, Sherry, and welcome. Hey, IdeaGen. Thank you so much for having us today. I'm so excited to have this conversation with Kim and Sheru as part of the Dynamic Resiliency Summit. I wanted to chat with uh, two of these lovely ladies about how they have not quit as um, they've got some impressive careers that they've accomplished and are accomplishing. And um, it would just be great to be able to get to share their stories with you. So I have Kim and Shiru with me. Hi, Sherry. Hi. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Sure, I'll go first. Uh, Charu Jin, I'm Senior Vice President of Merchandising and Innovation at Alaska Airlines. And I'm Kimberly Smith. I am a Global Vice President at IBM, focused on our cloud innovation services. Excellent. So both of you as um, executive leadership is phenomenal. Uh, we were talking earlier about some of the statistics and um, you know, 20% of engineering students, there's been stats that have been reported only are female and 11% practicing engineers are women. So there's like half are, you know, getting the degrees, but only practicing. Um, some of the other stats that get rolled around, 43% uh, of women, 23% of men leave STEM fields within seven years of having a kid or adopting a child. Um, you know, so there's, it's, it's obviously not an easy industry to get through or to pursue with. And um, I know I've had some moments where I'm like, what, is this what I need to be doing? Is this what I should be doing? What I want to do? And Kim, we had this conversation where I point blank asked you, how, how did you not quit? <laughs> Cause this is, this can be hard. Um, so yeah, I guess, um, you know, what, uh, what's pulled you to the other side? So I think, Sheru, you're going to, you're going to tackle this one first, right? Sure. Yes. Um, so talk about resilience, you know, being in the airline industry and then taking on a new job in the middle of a pandemic. And, uh, it's been definitely, um, very interesting and, 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 and a lot of learning along the way. So I wanted to talk about our company sort of first, um, Alaska Airlines, the fifth largest airline in the U.S. And when COVID hit, uh, demand just dropped off um, like a cliff, like 95% of demand dropped off. And I think, um, you know, we had to um, think about, you know, first recognizing that we have a problem and then taking some very immediate short-term steps on conserving cash and getting additional cash flow and then some long-term structural changes and then really building the business back. And that's kind of where we are at today. And our business model has completely changed. I don't know, for, for those of you not familiar with the airline industry, you know, it, it all depends on schedule. Like, do, do we fly to where you want to go? Or the price that, that you're willing to pay for it. But it's now all about safety. So we had to reimagine re what our product is. And our product has really become safety for people who want to travel and who need to travel. So we very quickly pivoted, which is, you know, being adaptable in this time is so important. And so we very quickly pivoted to safety 
we introduced next level care. And since I lead technology, we pivoted to a lot of touchless and contactless points in the journey. We looked at a guest journey from uh, end to end and every place where there was touching anything like a screen or being close to an employee, how do we make that a contactless or a touch-free experience? So it was a very challenging time, but it was also very exciting because we accelerated a lot of the transformation and there was a lot of rapid change. And I think that's one of the things that you know pulled me to the other side. And we really came together across the company with the singular focus, which was very good. And safety became like, you know, it's always number one priority, but now in a different way. And we recently, just two two days ago, uh, we were the only U.S. airline recognized in the top 20 world safest carriers by AirlineRatings.com. So it's a great recognition of the work done by our teams. Um, we set bold goals to control our own destiny. We wanted to get to cash burn zero because we knew if we kept losing cash, we didn't know how long this is going to last. Our employees made sacrifices. Our guests were rooting for us. So it's really important to have your employees in the community with you. And uh, you know, recently we gave our employees free tickets to travel and experience um, travel so that they could tell their friends and family that it was safe to travel. And through all of this, I think I had to think about what is my role? You know, how do I either add to this, take away from all of this? And it can feel very disruptive and out of control. And that can create anxiety. So my focus was how to get the teams focused, how to support them, because every single person was facing personal and professional challenges and taking really our, all our strategic plans and sort of putting them on hold, but turning them into point to point navigation and then really communicate, communicate, communicate. Mm -hmm. So just the, the you know, bringing every, everybody coming together to focus on something, the big challenge, and moving quickly and accelerating a lot of work that we were planning to do, I think that's what gets me going. That's excellent. Kim? I love, you know, sure, I love what you shared because a lot of the reasons that keep you going are what keep me going. Um, and because of that, I think that sense of community, that sense of networking connection, uh, is something that in, in where we are in our time, extremely valuable. So, you know, IBM is one of the largest employers in the world with almost 400,000 employees. And when we think about um, the impact and influence of what we do around hardware, software, research services, everything from, you know, mainframe to nanotechnology, um, brain science, uh, to solving for, you know, every possible sector challenge and transformation that's going on right now, um, I, I kind of pull that into what I consider lifetime legacy. You know, we've been around for 110 years and helping companies figure out where they're going to future-proof themselves. And now is, is a critical time for that. And so what keeps me going and pulls me through to the other side is that I want a role in that. I believe there are things that I can bring to the table that provide value. And I think through, uh, you know, executive collaboration, whether it's introducing new cloud technologies with Red Hat so that Sheru's uh, guest services systems have what they need, or in situations where retail has completely changed, uh, how can we help companies stay afloat? large scale, small scale startups, 
we are really an enabler. And um, as I've said in the past, uh, technology in the technology sector is an amalgamation of every other industry there. So to be able to have even a small part in that is what pulls me through to the other side. That's excellent. Thank you. Thank you both. And, uh, you know, the next question I had for you ladies is, you know, why is it important to stay resilient? Do you want to start off? Yeah. So, so just as I was just talking about around uh, lifetime legacy, I, I think the reason for the resilience is because in those moments, whether they be success or failure, success being fleeting and failure not being forever, um, there are things that we learn that we carry forward with us. And so it is really important to stay resilient because uh, you build new muscle, uh, you build new mind share, uh, build new assets and capabilities. And so as an example, um, now that we're not all working in our offices, it requires that you know my teams are online really 17, 18 hours a day. And what we've been able to do is become a 24-7 team because of that. We've done a better job at becoming more relay focused, where we can hand off uh, different deliverables and opportunities to work together. We've launched um, Red Hat on Azure OpenShift as an example. And for those of you that aren't familiar with that, IBM works very closely with Microsoft, very closely with Red Hat to drive solutions. And because we were able to come together virtually over the last five to six months, we launched something in less uh, time, probably three quarters of the time that it would have taken us previously. And because of that, we were able to help companies really uh, figure out where they need to go from here. So it's important to stay resilient because you not only learn from those moments, but you can actually use those moments of resiliency to accelerate the next challenge that, that you're faced with. That's fantastic. Thanks, Kim. Sharu? Yeah, Kim, I couldn't agree more. I think, um, you know, if anything, this pandemic has taught us the value of being resilient, your business model being resilient, your culture being resilient. And from a technology point of view, I would say uh, technology changes so fast. And so we have to, you know, that adaptability, um, the curiosity, thinking independently, having open-mindedness, taking initiative, all of those pieces that lead to resiliency are so very important and um, uh, and part of it, it is also learning to learn because these things are going to be changing every single minute it seems like and so the pivot of like you know changing your business model we've seen a lot of collaboration amongst the airline industry with a4a on things that um, you know impact all our guests or to our alliance partners and um, it's just a different way of working going forward and i you know i'm excited about that um and it'll be important to just to, to keep that muscle that we've grown and um you know I, I think about as an individual why it's so important to stay resilient um and always be learning learning being a key because um we don't even know five ten years from now we don't even know the jobs that are going to be there in technology so the only way you can be prepared for those are uh, really to, you know, understand, be curious, be open-minded, like I said, and learn to learn because that's not going away uh, anytime. So Sherry, I, I want to ask you a question. Um, being with Boeing, you know, there's, there's so much um, that has been uh, talked about Boeing. 
So what does this look like in a company that is going through such dynamic change? Um, goodness, uh, it's been, it's been a ride. Um, I think, you know, from when we initially hit pandemic state, um, you know, immediately turning to virtual when most of us are so used to face-to-face -face interactions and we have these ways of communicating and these relationships we've built. And we, you know, we've had this set rhythm of how we've been operating and how we work with each other. And all of a sudden in a second, it's completely different. And um, like, you know, Kim in IBM, you know, we're over a hundred years old. And so we're very uh, established in how we've done things. And so we've had to completely um, pivot and be nimble about it. And it's been interesting watching the team members and myself trying to figure out, okay, well, how do we do this? You know, are the systems up to date? Are we going to be able to get connected? Can I get dialed in? Um, you know, and then how do I figure out how to communicate with my team when, you know, I can't just get up and go walk to their desk or I can't do a walk by, or we can't just, you know, pop into a conference room and have a meeting. And um, I think a bit of it in the beginning, you uh, lose some of the people piece as well, because you're, you're inherently in this mentality of like, okay, we'll get it done, figure out what we need to solve, solve the problem. You know, what's the next problem? What are we working through? And then it's, uh, you know, just figuring out how to incorporate people back into it as well. Because when you don't have that face-to-face -face time, it it really changes how you're going to end up interacting. And um, I think, you know, <clears throat> what it looks like for a company going through dynamic changes is just constant movement. And I think, you know, staying resilient is really the route to go and to work towards being a solution. How do you be a part of that solution? How do you contribute? And um, I guess what you guys were saying previously, you know, how do you future-proof yourself so that you can stay consistent and you can stay in the game uh, to contribute and be part of that solution? That's awesome. Thank you. It's, it's, been, been, really yeah. it's, been, it's been hard. It's been interesting. It's been frustrating. I know we've all wish we had faster internet at times. Um, you know, not so early Zoom meetings or video calls. <laughs> like Kim, you were saying you have meetings at what odd hours in the morning? The three, three, sometimes three, sometimes, you know, earlier or later. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and it is, it is what it is. I mean, we have to remember that the past is the past. We have to stop pining for where we've been and start focusing on where we are and where it's going to take us from here. Um, you know, that's food for thought. True. Yeah. Anything you'd like to leave us with? You know, I, I would just say, um, uh, you know, resiliency is all about being able to absorb stress and um, unpredictability and thrive in an altered environment. And for me, I always come back to embracing failure because that means you try new things and, and nothing's going to be perfect because you didn't anticipate it. So giving yourself a little bit of that grace to, to move forward and... Uh, you know, this helps me move out of my comfort zone and allows me to take risks and um, have the confidence and courage to try something innovative and, and then, you know, stronger because of lessons learned. So just, um, uh, just adjusting to that mindset 
and being able to embrace the future and that challenge that it brings versus I, I totally agree with Kim, not pining for the past. Mm -hmm. Kim, you've said this, you know, having the grace in space and to build off what you just said about having the grace to move forward. I think it's also important to have, if you have the space, if you have the ability to create the space, you know, look out for folks who are around you as well to create um, a little bit of stability around you, you know, create some firm ground for those around you to stand on if you have the ability to do so, because then you then allow them to have more bandwidth for that grace and they might take another step. And I think that's part of that resiliency is creating resilient teams and creating that space to go forth and figure out how to future proof, how to stay relevant, how to stay on top of it. So, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And, and I'll just add that um, we, you know, we need to not forget we're in the top 1% of what the world is experiencing right now. And um, I think about the next generations and I have a 12 year old and this was the hardest year of her life for a lot of reasons. Um, and the reality is that these these love these experiences that she's having will build resilience in her so long as she can maintain a growth mindset and and we're at a point of, of existential threat for so many things that it's a perfect opportunity for us to recalibrate ourselves individually and as a society and as humanity to really think about what it takes to be resilient and and part of that is everything that Cheru talked about in conjunction with having that growth mindset. Because if you think about things differently and you look at the opportunity for growth for all of us and you bring others along, we will succeed together. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Sheru. Thank, Thank you, Sheru. Nice to see you, Sheru. Likewise.